This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And this must be International Week because today I'm recording a second interview with an international guest. I love it. It means that we've got you know so many fans and great business connections around the world. And you know what it really goes to show is business is business is business. Um, you know, and, and we can be working anywhere around the world and still be, you know, the, the same basic rules still apply. Um, you know, there are some things that are a little bit different depending on the culture, but for the most part, marketing is marketing, sales is sales. And, you know, and, and so today we're, we're going to be learning from the absolutely wonderful Lauren Clement today. So welcome, Lauren. Thank you, Deb. It's awesome to be here. And I couldn't agree with you more. The human brain Mm -hmm. is exactly the same, no matter where you put it and whatever person around the world. We all buy with the same purchase decisions, the same emotions. So yeah, the same business approach works everywhere in the world. Mm -hmm. You know, and it is one of those things that I think sometimes we get caught up in, especially if we, you know, might be doing business in, in, you know, other locales and where we live is, what is it like? What are, ooh, what are they going to be like? And, and yes, there are traditions and things like that that we need to pay attention to, but it really is, for the most part, all the same. You're absolutely right. And I think there's also an overwhelming fear that people mm-hmm. have. Oh, my goodness, am I doing this right? right. What if I make a mistake? Mm-hmm. Um, and I know when you're in business, especially small business, you've got budget concerns and if I'm going to throw money at this ad and it doesn't work and so on. But I think if you go with your gut, if you go with your humanality Mm -hmm. and you decide, okay, as a human, are they going to respond to this? this, Does this feel right? Mm -hmm. Then chances are you'll be pretty okay. Perfect. Well, and you know all about this because you are an expert in personal branding. So let me tell people just a little bit about you. So at eight years old, Lauren was told she had word blindness and would never be able to read or write properly. Yet she went on to become a five-time best-selling author and award-winning neuro-branding expert, using her dyslexia disability as her greatest asset, helping others understand how the brain sees brands. Lauren has over 25 years in brand management working within world-leading advertising agencies and is the owner and director of award-winning personal branding consultancy, Ultimate Business Propeller, using her insight into how the consumer's mind works to provide clarity and direction needed to package a standout personal brand. Now, I love this part. I had to make sure we got this in. In 2017, Lauren was awarded the International Women in Business Entrepreneur of the Year at the prestigious Stevie Awards in New York, and she shares her expertise at international conferences and events around the globe, as well as podcasts. So yay, welcome again, Lauren. (laughs) Thank you so much, Deb. And that time in New York was absolutely awesome. I'm looking forward to being there again this Mm -hmm. year. Wonderful, wonderful. So let's kind of go back to the beginning, or at least a little bit back. You know, how is it that you decided that this is your passion? It's an interesting thing, isn't it? I think, Deb, we follow our passion almost by accident most of the time. And it's funny, when we stray away from it, we realize we're just not happy. This isn't what we should be doing. And we end up going back to it after time. Um, I, as a child, used to love drawing and painting. I was so creative. But as you read from my bio, I had dyslexia, still do, um, and um, really struggled with the English and the maths and all the other things at school. Mm -hmm. Um, But I had a really awesome teacher. um, And he was the guy who said to me, you've got word blindness and you're not ever going to be able to to read or write like the other kids do. 
um, which sounds like a horrible thing for a teacher right. to say. Oh, mm-hmm. But in reality, it was really good. He knew mm-hmm. me really well. He knew anything you told Lauren she couldn't do, mm-hmm. I was going to go out and prove you wrong. Right. <laughs> so he knew my personality. It was a small country school. So, um, so yeah, so I really started right back when I was a young child, just the love of being creative. I had mm-hmm. My room was covered with all sorts of paintings and things hanging from the ceiling and mm-hmm. sculptures. And my parents were awesome and they let me just use those talents mm-hmm. and do those things. My mum was a florist and my dad was an engineering draftsman. Mm-hmm. So the creativity was in my DNA. Right. Um, and I left school and all I ever wanted to do was be a graphic designer, was mm-hmm. to get into to art college and go and learn how to do that. And eventually I did that. Mm-hmm. I put myself through graphic design school and from there got um, interviewed to work at a company that did pre-production for advertising agencies. Um, And they sent me, they didn't tell me this was going to happen, but when they interviewed me, they didn't go into the full details. They showed me a couple of different jobs that I could do in this Mm -hmm. agency well before the days of computers, just to make sure the internet was not around at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, They sent me to London to train. Um, I said, yeah, I want to do that job. And they said, awesome. And then afterwards they confirmed part of the training was overseas. So for a a 19-year-old in New Zealand Mm -hmm. to be told, you're getting on a plane and going to London to train, that was pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, But it did give me the travel bug. Mm -hmm. So a couple of years later I said, look, I really like that travel stuff. I'm going to go back again. And I Mm -hmm. ended up in London. Um, I worked for a number of advertising agencies um, in the south of England and eventually came back to New Zealand mm-hmm. on a roundabout route through Spain and doing all sorts of crazy jobs overseas mm-hmm. um, and got back into advertising and decided, I remember very fondly, Deb, sitting in a, in a coffee shop one day and looking across the road and, and seeing the big Saatchi and Saatchi building. Mm-hmm. And Saatchi's is a big brand name in advertising, um, an agency that's been around for years. And I looked at that that building and I said to my friend, I'm going to work in there. One day I'm going to have a job in there. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened. I, I put myself out there. I went to Saatchi's. I hung around out there and I asked if anyone needed help and eventually got a job at Saatchi's mm-hmm. and loved working there. Um, also worked at Ogilvy's and Clemenger's and just very, very fortunate to work at these amazing advertising agencies and then was offered the opportunity to open my own agency in mm-hmm. New Zealand um, after I'd worked as a brand manager for a, um, an investments company. Mm-hmm. Um, and just really a roller coaster ride of, of fortune, I would call it. But in reality, as we all know, Deb, mm-hmm. um, the universe is working away in the background. Um, our natural skills and talents are pushing us in certain directions. Mm-hmm. And they're very lucky to have worked with the people I've worked with and to be in that creative industry for many years. Great. You know, it actually made me curious as you were talking, do you think that you started doing more with visual, you know, you mentioned the flowers, you know, the the, the Mm. hanging things, all those, because of your dyslexia? I would say so. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It took me a long time to get into writing and it is odd that I've written all these best-selling books um, as a dyslexic person. Thank Mm -hmm. goodness for spell check and having awesome editors Mm -hmm. and all those amazing things we have today. Um, I love writing now, um, mm-hmm. but it was my, I was pushed to do it. Um, mm-hmm. I think the way that I, I, I managed to get the creative into writing was by reading. Mm-hmm. And my teacher found really awesome books that I love. Mm-hmm. I think The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe was oh. one of the first mm-hmm. books that mm-hmm. I really got into. I love that whole series mm-hmm. because it took you away to a completely right. different mm-hmm. place. Um, so I still love movies and films for that very reason, that you get that period that you are not where you are. You're mm-hmm. taken away to an a incredibly different place, right. um, even if it's just a story or mm-hmm. something adventurous. Um, I mean, I was, I'm was i of the age, where, and I'm sure you can relate to this, Deb, as well, where we saw the first Star Wars come out, you know, mm-hmm. that oh, yes. happened before, mm-hmm. completely different technology mm-hmm. and, and storyline. And, um, and, you know, we were taken away to those imaginary places as mm-hmm young teenagers and young people. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that crossed over from being creative into being the written word mm-hmm. eventually. Right. You know, and one of the things that, that stood out in your book, um, and let's see, I want to make sure I've got it right, it's called Selling You. It is. I've got a copy here in front of me, um, the latest cover, which has got a nice photo, latest photo of me on there. On the website, it's a different cover. But I love it. I love it. Well, and I have the digital version. Normally, I Brilliant. hold up the book. Um, but, but yeah, so it's called Selling You, How to Become Well-Known, Well-Paid, and Wanted. I love that part. And it is a series. It's Know Me, Like Me, Trust 
trust me. But in the book, you talk about the fact that it is important that we have these stories that we're telling when we're trying to sell people or when we're trying mm-hmm. to get them to like us or know us. And, you know, and, and that is so important. Um, you know, in, in one of the chapters you were talking about developing, and you are a personal branding expert, as, as I mentioned. And so in one of the chapters you were talking about uh, developing our elevator pitch, our, you know, 30 second spiel or whatever the heck it is that, that we want to call it. And when we do the boring, I do yada, 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 people <laughs> immediately zone out. But when you tell a little story and we're talking like two or three sentences, that's what catches people's attention. Mm, absolutely. Well, if you think back to how we used to sell before the internet, before even before computers and television and so on, go right back to caveman days, right. they told stories that were passed mm-hmm. down through the different generations. They painted pictures on the walls and showed stories. Mm-hmm. Um, the human brain loves a story. Right. Um, it loves it. And I, one of the areas that I've really gotten into in the last five to 10 years is neurobranding, mm-hmm. which really helps you understand right. how the brain sees mm-hmm. brands and building a story, building a reason mm-hmm. for someone to listen to you mm-hmm. into what you're doing with your marketing and your branding. And as you say, your elevator pitch as well. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely vital, especially today, because right. we're just overwhelmed, aren't we, Deb? There's so many messages out there. Mm-hmm. There's so many different channels. We're supposed to be on Pinterest. We're supposed to be on LinkedIn. And we're just, our brains are bombarded with messages at the moment. So Mm -hmm. if you don't captivate and engage somebody within the first few seconds, they just won't even notice you. Like I said, they'll Mm -hmm. glaze over, they'll wander off somewhere else Mm -hmm. and you've lost them. Right. Yeah. We, we go on to the next day squirrel. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and I think it was Facebook did a study that we now, you know, we, and, and I laugh and I always say, you know, we have the attention span of a gnat. Which, I mean, I'm not sure how you measure that, but Facebook um, did a study and we have the attention span that is less than what a goldfish has. Yes. You know, and again, I'm like, ah, okay, how do you measure really the attention span of a goldfish? But clearly what they're saying is it's this big, um, mm. you know, and, and so I love that you, you have studied the brain and neurobranding, um, you know, and, and so tell us what is the definition of neurobranding? Neurobranding is really understanding how the brain sees brands. And that word sees is in those inverted quotation marks because Mm -hmm. what I have learned, and there's an awesome guy called Peter Stahl who's like the the neurobranding specialist of the world. He Mm -hmm. lives in um, Austria, I think. Mm. I contacted him in the early days of me looking into this Mm -hmm. study Um, because neuromarketing has been around for a long time. And I understand that as well. That's really Mm -hmm. looking at consumer behavior. You know, when you go into a a supermarket or a department store, why do you always turn left or right? You know, where they place things. Where do you put the milk? You know, all of those. Absolutely. So neuromarketing is an understanding of how we behave. Mm-hmm. Neurobranding is understanding how we process brands mm-hmm. and why we buy. Why do we go? And if you think about back to those supermarket shopping, mm-hmm. we tend to shop by color. We go out to right. the aisle, as you say, mm-hmm. that, hey, that brand is always mm-hmm. here. And when they move stuff around at the supermarket, how annoying that is. Oh, because yeah. You now I have to look for it. The detergent is not there anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in fact, the detergent probably is still there. Just your brand isn't on the shelf anymore. It's run right. out. It's mm-hmm. no longer being bought. They've changed packaging. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we do tend to be human beings want things easy. We don't mm-hmm. like difficult and we right. tend to be relatively lazy mm-hmm. with our decision making. And if we have a trust factor, if we've known mm-hmm. something over the years and we know the brand, we will just choose it without thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've got to build that, as you say, no like trust for mm-hmm. people to automatically right. do that. Mm-hmm. And there's some really awesome hidden messages in brands that people don't even realize are going on with our subconscious. Because, mm-hmm. um, you, you know, we talked about how there's so many messages today in, in the overwhelming world that we live in. Right. Thousands. The, the, five, I think you say 5,000 in your book. Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, we everyone says, oh, it's so so stressful today. And there's a reason for that. Back in the 1970s, we were being exposed to about 500 brands right. a day. Yeah, you had today, commercials on like three yeah. television channels. Yep. You saw billboards and you had printed, you know, so yeah, the newspaper. and newspapers. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And maybe the radio and mm-hmm. and then along came, you know, more TV. Along mm-hmm. came, you know, sub, um, what do they call them, soap operas and so on. And they were selling right. soap detergents and mm-hmm. it just kept rolling. Today it's closer to 5,000 messages mm-hmm. a day from a brand. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it is overwhelming. So 
your brain has a way of filtering stuff out that's mm -hmm. not important. Um, and that's why if you don't have a personal brand, if you don't tell a story with your marketing, if you don't stand out, mm -hmm. you just don't get seen. You don't even right. get noticed mm -hmm. um, unless... And this is the really awesome learning that, you, that, I mean, it's not all doom and gloom here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, the thing we can learn from that is the fact that there's a, a particular method that the brain has of bringing things to your attention. It's called reticular activation. Mm -hmm. And it's, it, if, you, if you think about it this way, I don't know whether there was a particular brand of car or a model of car that you always wanted to buy. I want one of those next. Mm -hmm, next time right. I buy a car, that's what I'm going to get. Mm -hmm. So did you ever have that? Is there a brand or a yes. model of car? Yep. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I want to buy, and, and usually I even had a color in mind, you know, so, so that, you know, that, that right now I have like a white Dodge journey. Brilliant. Mm -hmm. So when you decided that's what I really want next mm -hmm. time, all of a sudden, did you notice that there were everywhere. lots of everywhere? Mm -hmm. Everywhere. <laughs> so they always were there, but because you hadn't told your brain that it was important, mm -hmm. it shuffled it down and went, okay, right. that's information I don't need to know. Mm -hmm. You'd be noticing more Dodge ads. You'd be mm -hmm. seeing more stuff on TV about their brand. So it's called reticular activation. So if you can learn that, if you can learn and figure out when is my ideal client most likely to be thinking and wanting my particular brand. Mm -hmm. So maybe if you're an accountant, mm -hmm. is it tax time of year that they go, oh my goodness, I need help with this. Mm -hmm. um, when they're going on holidays, I know it's coming up to holidays at the moment in, in America, you've got schools are just about to break mm -hmm. out. So, um, so yeah, are they looking for travel agents? Mm -hmm. Are they looking at right. new tires for the car? Um, what are they looking at in terms of, um, we haven't got travel insurance or mm -hmm. you know, what services mm -hmm. are they looking for right now um, to help them with their life and right. when are they most likely to be looking for mm -hmm. you because mm -hmm. that's the time that you really want to make the most of your brand standing out right. and and getting out great content mm -hmm. some more advertising getting your brand out there getting in front of the right people at the right time and mm -hmm. that comes back to to neuromarketing right you know, and that's exactly the premise behind Facebook advertising, mm. you know, and, and, and all, you know, all of the big brother, right, you know, which is a little spooky, you know, I'll look at something on my phone, and then I'll come to my desktop computer, and an ad for that product or a similar product will come up in my Facebook feed. Isn't you know, that scary, and, Deb, when you do it? Have you done it when you're just talking about it with somebody? Yes. And you see an ad the next mm -hmm. day and you go, oh, somebody's yeah. listening to what I'm saying. I know, which that's just really spooky. Um, but <laughs> I've, I've also started using it to my benefit because I'll be you know, like, it, rather than really having to do the research, I'll just look up one or two things and then know that my computer's going to do the research for me. Absolutely. Isn't that awesome? And it's, it, I mean, it is creepy and at the same time, incredibly useful for right. us very lazy mm -hmm. humans. Mm -hmm. So, um, but you're right. Nowadays, goodness me, you can get, and that is the premise of really good branding and marketing mm -hmm. is to get the right message in front of the right person right. at the right time. Mm -hmm. So now you can utilize all the technology that's there to do exactly that. Mm -hmm. But the point being, Deb, that if you don't first understand exactly what your brand is, the message that you want your brand to mm -hmm. give out and who it's for, it's going to be hard and you're going to end up doing what I call WAFTAM marketing. I don't know if you've heard of WAFTAM marketing before, W-O-F-T-A-M. Ah. It, stand, it stands for Waste of Flipping Time and Money. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's a good acronym. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we, especially small businesses, end up doing that because you just go, oh, I think this will do and you send mm -hmm. it out there. You don't take right. the time to think about how do I want to make my mm -hmm. audience feel which is mm -hmm. what your brand is all about mm -hmm. and what the message is going to be and exactly who is it that I'm targeting right. here. And then if you can figure that out, yeah, marketing and advertising becomes really easy and very cost effective because mm -hmm. as you say, Deb, you can reach somebody on a Facebook ad now mm -hmm. for four or five bucks at the most right. and make awesome sales, but you mm -hmm. need to know that background first. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and, and, one of the things that you talk about in your book, and I love this, and I think that vaguely in my brain from when I was in school, you know, many years ago, I remember this concept, and that's the lizard brain. Tell <laughs> us about that, because that really is a very important premise in, in selling, um, you know, and, yeah. and so what is the lizard brain, and, what the, and, and everybody has it, nobody freak out, everybody has a lizard brain. I love it. Um, Seth Godin, actually, who's a branding genius, mm -hmm. talked about the lizard brain from mm -hmm. when I first heard about it. It's your amygdala. 
It's the part of your brain that's very ancient, and that's why he calls it the lizard brain. It's a very right. old part of your brain. It's like the old and dinosaur it, part. It is like a dinosaur, and it is the, it's the center, your fear center, basically. Okay. Um, and it's the place where most of your decisions are finally made. So you, mm-hmm. might, you might take on board some imagery or some branding. You might do some research. You might look at whatever it is, going and trying mm-hmm. something on. You might do all your research about your purchase, but the final decision is made by the amygdala based on, is this going to be good for me? Do I know what it is? Do I like this? Have I made all my decisions? Is mm-hmm. this going to be safe? So this lizard brain, this part of your brain that keeps you safe, um, stops you from making bad decisions. It's the same part of your brain that when you're a caveman made you run away from bad noises or stand up okay, and fight. So it's the, the, the fight or fear flight. Yeah, absolutely. It's all in this part of the brain. And it, it, it also has a massive part to do with memory. Mm. So as a caveman, it told you that those were really good, really awesome um, berries that we got off that mm-hmm. bush and they were safe and I, I can eat them. Let's go back and get some more of those. Mm-hmm. Where were they? So, so memory and emotion is a massive part of our decision-making process, okay. especially when we're buying services from businesses. Mm-hmm. And I work primarily with people who sell professional services, real mm-hmm. estate, investment, accounting, personal trainers, mm-hmm. those sorts of people, mm-hmm. because it's really hard to sell a service. You have to, as you said before, Deb, people have to know, like, and trust you right. before they buy from mm-hmm. you. Well, the product is easy. Here's my pen. This is how it writes. This is right. how much it is. Mm-hmm. Try it out. Walmart, Here, you know. I buy whatever. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so with services, it's more difficult. You have to actually help your customer experience what it's going to be like working with you before they work with you. Right. And unfortunately, most service providers do that by giving away a a free 30-minute or a free Mm -hmm. session or a free whatever it is Mm -hmm. to try me out. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't help your personal brand. If if anyone's listening and that's what you're doing to get Mm -hmm. customers, Mm -hmm. I really ask you to question that approach. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you an example. If you, um, maybe you're a sporting person and you you played sports on the weekend and you hurt your knee Mm -hmm. quite badly, enough for you to be sent to a specialist. Mm -hmm. And the specialist said to you, I'll tell you what we'll do. We're going to operate on your knee and we're going to fiddle about in there and do a few things. And Mm -hmm. if it works, then we'll charge you for the bigger operation we'll do a bit later on. But we'll Mm -hmm. do this for free just to see if it works. Test it. You know, would you do that? Would you put yourself under the knife of a specialist? (laughs) There's no no way, would you? So how come specialists of that, like a plumber doesn't say to you, I'll come to your house and I'll fiddle about under your sink. And if I don't find the leak, then that's fine. You know, I'll leave you to it. Mm -hmm. They just don't do that. They say, no, I have a call out fee. Mm -hmm. This is how much I charge to Mm -hmm. come to your house and use my 25 Mm -hmm. years of experience and my qualifications to fix this problem. Mm -hmm. And you're going to pay me up front before I even get there. Right. Oh, yeah. So, <clears throat> so as a professional service provider, the minute you say, I'm going to give you a session for free, mm-hmm. you're telling your ideal prospect's brain that you don't value your time. Right. That you don't think you're a very um, valuable or priceless mm-hmm. service. What mm-hmm. you're going to do for them may or may not work. And I'm not sure. So I'm not going to charge you for it. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and... It, it also might be that you're giving your best away at the first yeah. because yeah. you're wanting them to come back, you know, and, and so, you know, back to the knee surgeon, you know, you're, you're going to do the, the absolute best you can right at that very start because then you're going to hope that they do even more. But, yeah. you know, it, that best might have fixed it. You know, I mean, how many times have we had coffee with someone or... Absolutely. Right. You know, done that free thing and, and we never see them again because we gave them enough right then that yeah. they didn't need us anymore. Um, yeah, you know, absolutely. I, I, yeah. I, I interviewed the wonderful Adrian Graham. It's actually been several years ago about, you know, yeah, she has a, a book out and it's called, No, You Can't Pick My Brain. It costs too much. And, and that's, don't you love that? Because, I mean, how many times do we get contacted? You know, Lauren, I want to take you out for coffee just to pick your brain about something I've been thinking about. Mm. Well, no, you know, and then what really gets me is they don't even buy my coffee. I'm like, okay. Um, but, you know, it's, you, you are going to do really a good thing because you, you do, you want them to come back. So, you know, you, you, that half hour that, which normally turns into an hour, you have really given them great information mm. and then, yeah, mm. they're like, okay, you know, that, that was enough. Thank you very much. You know, I'll, I'll be in touch. I hate those. I'll be in touch. You know, and, and so that's why the giving it away for free really is not mm. a good idea. Mm. 
No, absolutely. And um, it really is an interesting thing. I find it more with business women than business men. Business men mm-hmm. don't seem to have quite so much of a problem saying, right. no, we charge for that. Mm-hmm. You want my expertise, mm-hmm. you book a time, you mm-hmm. pay, and I give you my expertise. Right. Um, I think the big thing that's behind it, Deb, is this this need to prove yourself. Right before you get paid. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing is it, I find people who don't have a very strong personal brand, mm-hmm. who haven't spent the time building their credibility in the marketplace, right. they haven't been creating content. I mean, that's one great way. If mm-hmm. you really want to prove yourself and to give something for free that potentially is going to be a tester for people to mm-hmm. try you out, write blogs, write great right. content. Oh, yeah. Put really awesome mm-hmm. vlogs out there. Jump on podcasts and do interviews and mm-hmm. share your knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a much more credible way of sharing mm-hmm. your expertise for people to have a little right. taste of how good you mm-hmm. are. Um, you don't have to prove yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you prove yourself by your works. Mm-hmm. So become a best-selling author, win awards, right. get credibility by speaking, build mm-hmm. your brand, and it does the selling for mm-hmm. you. Right. And then when you say, yeah, you're quite right, then, Deb, when somebody says to you, oh, look, can I have a coffee meeting? My answer mm-hmm. normally is I don't do coffee meetings. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I, if I've got some spare time, mm-hmm. I will go sailing. It's my love, my passion. I'm going to go out sailing mm-hmm. on somebody else's boat because I love it and I just mm-hmm. tend to crew with them. But Or I'm going to go and spend time with my friends. I'm going to go and spend time enjoying myself. Right. If I want to work and share my expert knowledge with you, that's awesome as well. But book a time because you know I'm going to be 120% focused on you. Right. I'm going to give you my absolute best. Mm -hmm. I'm probably going to follow up with you to make sure that Mm -hmm. what I gave you worked and help you along with anything else. You're going to get more than an hour out of me for sure. Mm -hmm. And it's going to change a huge amount of your momentum and your progress with your business. Mm -hmm. If you just have coffee with me, it'll be nice. Right. But you're not going to get anywhere near the best out of me. It just isn't going to happen. Right. You know, and it's funny that you mentioned that women seem to do this, and it does. To me, mm-hmm. and you know, purely anecdotal, it <clears> definitely <throat> seems to be women who do this more, both the asking and the, the you know, saying, hey, can I do this? And, and you know, being the, the person who, who they're asking. But mm. it, it's funny, I've shared this a couple of times on the program that, you know, when I was in Denver, I had an organization that contacted me to speak to their group about social media. And, you know, i sure that that would be great. And here is what I charge. I got dead silence. Dead <laughs> silence. And, you know, and I was just starting out. So it wasn't like I was telling him, you know, six figures. I mean, this was, this was a very reasonable amount. And they said, you charge? And I said, well, yes. And, and they said, well, we assume that you did it for free because you love it. <laughs> and I said, well, you're right. I love it. But you wouldn't want me to talk about it if, if I didn't have a passion for it. I said, but think of it this way. You, you get gas at a gas station. There's gas station here, gas station here. And you go into this one and you get your gas. Are you then going to tell them, I'm sorry, I'm not going to pay for it because I really like you guys? Or worse, mm. one of the things they told me is, you know, you can, you know, well, we could always ask somebody else. Okay, same thing, you know, and, and you should be honored. This, this was the mm-hmm. kicker. You should be honored we asked you. <laughs> and I said, you're right, I am. I am very honored that you asked me. But again, back to that gas station. You know, am I going to tell this guy, okay, I want my gas for free because I could have just as easily gone here. No, mm-hmm. you know, the, it doesn't work that way. And, and of course, you know, those people that, that demand money from us, you know, our mortgage mm-hmm. people, you know, they, yeah. we can't pay them by saying, well, you should be honored that I chose you to have my mortgage. Um, <laughs> no, you know, and, and so, and it's, it is, it's kind of a thing of respect too. You know, you yeah. don't, I wouldn't ask a doctor to work for free. You know, and, and if they would, I'd be like, okay, really? Um, but, but yeah, it is, it is kind of that show of respect to, to honor them and to say, okay, what are you going to charge? Yeah, absolutely. And back to the, the issue with, I think you're right, women do tend to devalue themselves a little bit more. They don't mm-hmm. seem to have that self-confidence. I don't know what the PG rating is on the show, but I call it the itty-bitty shitty committee that goes uh-huh. on up here yep. that does this whole, um, you know, you're not good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, why would you charge for that? Right. Um, you're going to fail. Mm-hmm. And I, I, we do, I think women tend to care a little bit too much about mm-hmm. what other people think of us. Right. Right. Um, men seem to be able to completely delineate this is mm-hmm. business. 
Mm-hmm. Right. This is, this is just business. I'm mm-hmm. coming, I'm presenting, I'm giving you all mm-hmm. of my information. You're going to pay for it because it's cost mm-hmm. me to get there. Mm-hmm. I've got an expertise. I'm valuable. Um, if you want me to come and have a beer with the boys and talk about, um, you know, all sorts of other stuff to do with sports mm-hmm. and lots of just encouraging. That's fine. I'll go and have mm-hmm. fun and do that. Right. But, um, but yeah, if you want me to be a business person and make those decisions, mm-hmm. that's how I operate. Right. So I'm not suggesting women act more like men. I'm just saying, no. hey, ladies, we need to man up a little bit. We need right. to get hold of our right. own self-confidence. Mm-hmm. You have the most amazing natural gifts and talents in the world mm-hmm. and expertise and experience. You probably have more knowledge in your little finger mm-hmm. than a lot of people you're going to be talking to about how to do stuff that you probably have forgotten right. the basis of, of mm-hmm. why and how you do it mm-hmm. because you've just done it naturally for so many years, mm-hmm. whether it's Facebook marketing or, or selling insurance or, mm-hmm. or working with a, a personal trainer, whatever it is. You need to understand that that's valuable, that people could spend Mm -hmm. hours and hours researching to get to the Mm -hmm. same place that if they just came and listened to you for half an hour or an Mm -hmm. hour, they'd learn what they need to do so Mm -hmm. that they can solve their problems. So it's so valuable. You know, and there are still times to give it away for free, but, you know, as you mentioned, blogs, things like that, you know, and and Mm. I I do a certain number of pro bono presentations a year, Mm. but they have to be a non-profit um, you know, and, and, you know, and, and there, there's certain criteria that I, that I require. And, but at the same point, I also don't, you know, I put in as, you know, a lot of effort. I'm never going to get up there and just kind of halfway do it, but mm. you know, it, it isn't going to be something that I spend hours and hours and hours in mm. preparation on, mm. um, you know, and, and because, you know, you don't want to just do halfway. Because you never know who might be there. I mean, you know, that's the tricky thing, you know, and, and you don't want them telling somebody else or even on Facebook, you know, or Twitter, well, she was okay. She, she gave an okay presentation. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't reflect well on your personal right. brand either. Mm-hmm. That's the whole thing. You need to, I mean, much as I say, we, we care too much about what people think. Mm-hmm. In reality, mm-hmm. you need to have a personal brand that stands mm-hmm. out, that people right. want you. Mm-hmm. for certain things mm-hmm. and to, if somebody says do you know what we need a Facebook expert they mm-hmm. immediately think of two or three those two or three gas mm-hmm. stations mm-hmm. that they could go to um, to get that that particular person who's got that expertise and you need mm-hmm. to stand out and we really need someone um, who does Facebook for small businesses or someone who understands um, Facebook for women in business or for mm-hmm. people who are selling this particular service it'll nail it down to your niche mm-hmm. and I know um, niche or niche, as it's said in the States, um, is or not a favorite word <laughs> um, for a lot of small businesses. They don't like to be put into a box. Right. They like to Because say, oh, they're missing all of those other potential people. Oh, the FOMO of missing out. It's mm-hmm. really, you know, and it is that the interesting thing about the entrepreneur and the entrepreneurial brain is that we have over, overcome that fear center, that lizard brain. We've mm-hmm. basically told our own brain that we're going to start our own business, we're going to get out there and be entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid. I know there's going to be hard work, but I'm going to do it anyway. So you've got, as, a, as an entrepreneur, you've got a superhuman power. Mm-hmm. You've overpowered your own fear center. The trouble mm-hmm. with that is that as a superhuman brain, you have the kryptonite. And the kryptonite is that bright, shiny object-itis, that squirrel Mm -hmm. factor we talked Mm -hmm. about before. And it leads to FOMO. If I don't do this, I'm going to miss out. It's like Mm -hmm. you said, all these different opportunities, I'm going to miss out if I I choose this one thing Mm -hmm. I'm good at. The trouble is the human brain wants it easy. We're Mm -hmm. really simple humans. Mm -hmm. We we don't like difficult things. And if you make it hard for somebody to put you in a box, if you make Mm -hmm. it hard for someone to define exactly what your specialist area is, Mm -hmm. and you can't even explain it yourself, you are not going to get chosen. You're going to become, oh, this is, and I remember once, Deb, when I didn't have a very good bio, this is right at the start of my personal branding journey, I hadn't written my bio, and -hmm. somebody introduced me to speak at an event, and she said, Lauren has dabbled in a number of businesses. Oh. I never dabble. I'm not a dabbler (laughs) at all. I'm 100% focused Mm -hmm. on what I'm doing. Um, I've never dabbled, and it made me realize I needed to present mm-hmm. a really simple bio that people could read when they introduced right. me because I always wanted to be introduced as what I was, mm-hmm. never someone who was dabbling in different bits and pieces. So from a personal branding point of view, if you want to be well-known for what you do, if you want to be interviewed and asked to speak and being mm-hmm. paid to speak, if you want to be respected for what you do and to be really that instant go-to, this is the person we want, mm-hmm. you're going to need to choose. Right. 
because we just we don't have the capacity a to do a multitude of different things mm-hmm. all at once and b to be understood by mm-hmm. everybody else in the world if we're trying to be everything to everyone right you know and, and one of the things you talk about in your book is you know, when, and when we're working on that elevator pitch, and I really want to delve into that more, is, you know, have someone else give yours. You know, and mm. that's always been, you know, I was, was part of a networking group one time. And, and I mean, we met every other week. It was a small group. You know, when we had a lot of people there, we had 10 or 15. So, you know, not a lot of things to remember. And we would do that about once a quarter where we had to give somebody else's pitch. And nobody ever got it right. I mean, and that's horrible. Mm. You know, we, you know, and or we did it so basic. You know, this person sells insurance. This person is a mortgage person. This person does social media, and and so you know, I don't know whether it was we weren't paying attention, which yeah, that's probably part of it. Um, <laughs> but it was also we didn't have our elevator pitch down well enough mm. that it was memorable. Mm. And so you have an acronym for it called BEST. So kind of walk us through that. Absolutely. And the interesting thing, before we go into this too much, there is no such thing as a perfect elevator pitch. There's no such thing as a script. Mm -hmm. Um, I can give you the formula Mm -hmm. for how the brain wants the information presented so that it can not only understand what you're saying, but it can be, it it waits for the next bit. You're captivating them and Mm -hmm. you're creating some curiosity Um, rather than, as you say, either just waffling at them or, you know, just giving them basic facts. Right. So this is the best formula. B-E-S-T stands for be clear is the first part. Okay. Um, Don't waffle. Don't try to explain a million. Don't say I'm a holistic um, um, anti-inflammatory coach who works with – it's just too much. You lost me a holistic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Just be really clear on what Mm -hmm. you do. The human brain does want to put you in a box. So Mm -hmm. don't be afraid to say – I'm a, a real estate agent or I'm a whatever. Just mm-hmm. let, let, let that bit go and let the brain, the amygdala, that fear mm-hmm. center, go, awesome, I know what this person does. Right. Because um, if you don't, all the alarm bells go off on that mm-hmm. fear center and it doesn't want to even listen to the next mm-hmm. bit because it's still trying to figure out who you are. Mm-hmm. You can create a bit of curiosity that, and I work with my clients to create. I've, I've got one guy who calls himself a client orchardist. Of course, I call myself a personal branding specialist. Mm-hmm. Um, there's people who are... Um, Mindset coaches, there's you don't have to be really, really specific, but right. you have to use simple language mm-hmm. to create that curiosity. Mm-hmm. Um, remembering that 90 to 100, almost 100% of your elevator pitch is not about you, mm-hmm. it's about who your audience is, right? <clears throat> and telling that story. So, B stands for be clear mm-hmm. with the words that you use, um, something a 12 year old would understand. And if you've got a 12-year-old in the household or living next door to you in the neighborhood, go and find them and test your elevator pitch on them. Oh, I like that. And if they can pitch back to you and tell you exactly what it is that you do, you're on a winner. Mm-hmm. So um, that's really cool. Um, so be really clear. The E of best stands for exactly who you help. Okay. So normally that sentence in your elevator pitch starts with, I help or I work with, mm-hmm. and be Really clear, really busy women who um, uh, need some help with their mm-hmm. with their children. They just want their children to do well at school. Mm-hmm. If you're a tutor, you right. might use them. So exactly who help? I help these people who want. Mm-hmm. What is it that they want? Get really clear on that. Mm-hmm. So exactly who you help. S stands for solve a problem. Mm-hmm. So what's the point in talking to you unless you're going to actually help me? Mm-hmm. Now that sentence normally starts with so you can. Okay. And those are really powerful words. And you can use an elevator pitch, the formula I'm giving you, you can use not only when you're introducing yourself, you can use it as the first words people read when they go to your website. Mm-hmm. Hi, this is what we do, exactly who we help. So you can, mm-hmm. what's the problem that you solve? What's the right. outcome you deliver mm-hmm. for people? So you can be more confident, um, have happy kids at school, not have kids crying every day when you take them down the road to go to school, have mm-hmm. a healthier, happier body, fit the clothes that you want to get mm-hmm. into. Um, what's the outcome that these people mm-hmm. really want? So be really clear mm-hmm. um, and exactly who it is you help. And then the last part, the T of best stands for tell them why. And this is really, really vital, especially if you're selling services. Mm-hmm. People want to know, like, and trust you. They want to understand why are you so passionate about this? Mm-hmm. Why do you want to help me? What's in it for you? 
Um, it's like someone said to you, Deb, you know, you should be grateful that we've asked you to speak. Well, no, actually, this is what I do for a living. I love it. Yeah. Um, but I'm passionate about it because of this. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, you need to share with people why you're so passionate about mm-hmm. helping them, more than just making an income from it. And that sentence normally starts with the word because. Mm. And because is one of the most powerful words in the English language. Because you're all now hanging out waiting for the answer, aren't you? Right. You're now not thinking about anything else. You're Mm -hmm. listening to me. Right. So the word because makes people focus on Mm -hmm. what you're about to say next. So you need to have something really powerful in here. Mm -hmm. And it is your story. It's your true north. It's your Mm -hmm. passion, your purpose. And I normally, in my elevator pitch, say because you have the most amazing gifts and talents in the world that the world needs You've got to get out there with your brand and share this with the world. You mm-hmm. need to do this. Um, otherwise, you're not fulfilling your destiny. Mm-hmm. You're not being the person you should be. So there's lots of different ways you can, like I said, there's no script for it. It's just right. the order, the process. Mm-hmm. Be really clear exactly who you help, solve the problem, and tell them why. Mm-hmm. It's a really simple way of approaching an elevator pitch. It shortens it. You're not waffling. Mm-hmm. You're focusing on what's in it for them. Um, and really importantly, you're getting it succinct so that you don't have to think about, oh my goodness, sweaty palms, I'm coming to a networking event, what am I going to say? You also, if you use that in your social media, on your about page, on your LinkedIn profile, it's a really engaging way to get people to to create that curiosity and stay Mm -hmm. there. And Deb, there's one way of really testing if your elevator pitch is working, is if you give it and somebody says in response, so tell me how do you do that? Yep. Tell if me. They ask a question. Yep. You know you're on the mm-hmm. right track. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and 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 it could be that what you have, what you're selling, you know, product, service, whatever, isn't interesting to them. You know, or mm. they don't need it. You know, but hopefully you've piqued their interest enough that they say, you know, tell me more about it because I might know someone who mm. needs services. Absolutely. And you might be talking to them when they don't need your service, but in a month's time, all of a sudden they need your service. There was that person I met, what was their name? So, you know, where's their business card? I need to go and find Mm -hmm. them again. So definitely it is about getting into that amygdala, creating a memory. Mm -hmm. And there's a really interesting thing about neurobranding that I'd love to share with the listeners around creating memory and being memorable. Okay. Um, I know to, in this day and age, you know, people are doing all sorts of crazy things on Instagram and YouTube to, mm-hmm. to go viral and be right. memorable. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can do it in, with somebody's brain without having to be too crazy with what you're doing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's about being a pro, P-R-O, and understanding mm-hmm. that the human brain will remember you because you've done this thing. And PRO is another acronym. I, I like acronyms, as mm-hmm. you can tell. I think it's my dyslexia that makes me want to make things easy to understand. Right, right. It, it puts it in an order that you understand. Absolutely. So, But it's easy to teach as well, which is awesome. Right. So PRO, and if you're listening to the podcast and you're able to write this down, then go for it. If you're not, replay it and write it down when right. you're mm-hmm. not driving or whatever it is. Um, PRO, Problem Resolution Outcome. Hmm. So most people, when they talk about what they do in their elevator pitch, they talk about the problem. They say, hey, I help people who really struggle to get mortgages Mm -hmm. or I help people who are overwhelmed with business and they just need a really good tax accountant Mm -hmm. or whatever it is. So they talk about the problem really easily. They often talk about the resolution. Mm -hmm. So if you use me, this is what I can do for you. And this is what happens and so on. Mm-hmm. Here's the, the resolution that's going to happen. But not often. Fewer people do that. And it's important that you talk about the outcome mm-hmm. at the end. Mm-hmm. And that's the bit that we all miss. We go problem resolution and we stop there. Right. The human brain wants you to paint a picture of the outcome. Mm-hmm. What is life going to be like for your client once they've used your services, once mm-hmm. they've done your program, read your book? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, All the online marketers understand this and they do it so well. Why aren't we in small business following the same route? Mm-hmm. You know, We've got to paint a picture for our audience. So I'm going to have some fun with people, if that's okay, Deb. We're going to do a little exercise and it doesn't require writing anything down. Um, What I want the listeners to do is I'm going to give you two words to concentrate on. Okay. And I want you just to let your brain do what it does. And in a couple of seconds, it will paint a picture um, and we'll, I'm going to ask you some questions about that picture afterwards. So, so if you're ready, the two words I want you to concentrate on are bacon and eggs. Bacon and eggs. Mm-hmm. Just let those two words work. So your brain, within seconds, created a picture. What Wait. did you see, Deb, in your brain? I saw bacon and eggs. 
how were they cooked? How were they cooked? So the the bacon's extra crispy and the eggs were scrambled. Nice, awesome. So somebody else might have seen them poached or in egg cups. They might have had a coffee with it. They might have even seen their husband cooking it on a mm-hmm. Sunday morning. Some people see a pig and a chicken, which is the origin story. <laughs> but you definitely didn't see the words bacon and eggs. You right. didn't see the words. Mm-hmm. You bone pain. You might even be hungry now that we've mentioned this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's all sorts of other things happening. So your brain thinks in pictures. Mm-hmm. It doesn't think in words. So if you tell somebody this is the problem they've got and this is how I solve it, mm-hmm. but you don't paint a picture of mm-hmm. how you can help them, what their life is going to be like once they've used your services, they'll paint their own. Right. And they will make up whatever they want to. Mm-hmm. But you need, when, this is the back to that value of storytelling, Deb. Mm-hmm. You need to paint the picture of the outcome. So when you're talking to people, you need to talk about how, you know, even if you, this is the value of testimonials and case studies. Mm-hmm. Not only is that a, a picture that's being painted of real life results that somebody's got from you, it's third party endorsement, which is mm-hmm. awesome. Right. So use case studies, tell stories. Mm-hmm. So what tends to happen when people get a personal brand is they get asked to speak. They get paid to speak. Mm-hmm. They make money from their expertise without even turning up. They mm-hmm. create programs that people love. They write best-selling books. They stand out. They become an influencer and they impact so many more people that they really feel fulfilled mm-hmm. and they love what they do and they get really well paid for it mm-hmm. so they can live an awesome life, go travel the world, do what they want to. I've just painted a picture of what it's like to have an awesome personal brand. Mm-hmm. So and, and, can, and I saw that in my brain. Mm-hmm. And you went, I can do that. I want that. How do I get that? So, mm-hmm. yeah. So paint the picture with the outcome of your service. Mm-hmm. Make it tangible. Make it something that people want. They love it. They desire it. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole part about being wanted. Because the next question will be, that sounds awesome. How do we do that? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and if you don't get that, well, that's okay. It just means mm-hmm. that for right now, they don't want it or need it. Um, and as you said, might, you know, might be down the road that they do. And you yep. want to have been memorable enough that they go, okay, okay, who wrote that book on personal brand? Oh my God, it was Lauren, you know, and, yep. and yeah, so, you know, because they're going to put stuff back together. They're going to see, you know, the, the, the red shirt and, and, you know, and, and the red shirt on your, uh, in your book and, and yeah, and they're going to come up with that and, yep. yeah, and, and it comes back and it ties it all together. Yeah, absolutely. And there are, there's lots of ways that brands do this. They use this. They paint a picture. Mm-hmm. They do it with all senses. So there's a particular smell of a particular coffee shop. Mm-hmm. There's a particular sound of an ice cream van or a brand. Or when you open up a Mac computer, you know that it's a Mac because it's the sound that you hear, right. even if you don't see it. Mm-hmm. All these different neurobranding ways of being memorable. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be with color. As you say, I tend to wear red wherever I'm available because I know that's what people are going to recognize mm-hmm. me for. Um, it could be a tone of your voice. It mm-hmm. could be the way that things um, are presented on your website. It could be all sorts of different things. Think about the different senses that you can really affect with your brand. And something you said before, Deb, about being memorable, and you're absolutely right, because the fact is not everybody wants your service right now, but when they do want it, you want to be top of mind. Mm-hmm. And it'll be because you told such a good story. Right. It'll be because they relate to that you know what? I remember her saying, this is what you could, I need that right now. That's what she said. My, I need that in my life. Right. Um, they don't remember you for the way that you do it or mm-hmm. the process that you have or the, you know, that's important to your brand, but to be memorable, to be thought of and to be recalled, mm-hmm. it is all about how do you want to make, how do you want your brand mm-hmm. to make people feel? Mm-hmm. What's right. the story you want them to remember about mm-hmm. you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, you you said something interesting that I, I caught that I just all of a sudden was thinking about, and and it is it's it it, it is other things. It's it's how you present yourself. You mentioned you know wearing red, um, you know, with men it's a little different because they you know in many cases suit tie you know whatever. But mm. maybe they're the the they wear the same color tie or bow tie. You know, I I interviewed a gentleman several weeks ago on the program. <coughs> Excuse me, he's a financial planner. He mm. always 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 wears a bow tie, um, you know, when he's in professional settings. And so he's the bow tie guy. Yep. And, and so, and we can do that, you know, we're the, the, uh, the, the person who wears like a, a big pin or something mm-hmm. like that. And, and again, it's just a way that people then track it back through their heads. So, you know, we're not saying that you have to always wear the same thing or, or do whatever, but you know, maybe have that style that, that you yeah. are always there with. 
Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we all, we all know, remember the guy that always wore the black turtleneck? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Steve Jobs. He wore that. That was his brand uniform. Yep. You know, we see Mark Zuckerberg in a t-shirt, same color t-shirt, constantly. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. so they know that there's an ease of just being who you are mm-hmm. without trying to make it up, right. uh, without trying to work hard. Just be you. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you say, maybe it's scarves, maybe it's the type of shoes you wear. I know there's a woman I know who always wears orange. Mm-hmm. Another woman I know, purple is her color. She even has purple hair. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it does come down to not trying to do something that you know is mm-hmm. created as fake to attract right. people. It's about mm-hmm. just being you. Mm-hmm. And if your brand is shorts and T-shirt or your brand is suit and tie mm-hmm. or whatever, then live it. Absolutely mm-hmm. get into it. As you say, really think about the memorability factor. Mm-hmm. How do you want your brand to make people feel? Right. What do you want to be remembered as? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's funny that, you know, I'm, we are part of C-Suite Network and, and Jeffrey Hazlett is, is very well known for the fact that he wears jeans and cowboy boots. Doesn't matter where he is, jeans and cowboy boots. And it was, it was so funny because he was posting on Facebook the other day that he was attending something and he could not wear jeans. He had to go buy pants, you know, and, and, you know, and, and or, you know, slacks, I guess they would be for, for a gentleman. But, you know, it, it, that's just his image as he wears jeans. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and my style has definitely changed over the years. You know, I, I used to always wear suits to, to business meetings and, and all of those things. And now I don't even own one. Um, Mm. it's, it's much more casual now. You know, is it, is, you know, is it too casual? No, you know, there is such a thing as, as being too casual, but yeah, you know, it's, that is just part of who it is now. Yeah, turning up in your PJs probably isn't a good idea. But isn't it lovely that we have this freedom? Years ago, as you say, right. unless women were wearing a skirt mm-hmm. and men were wearing suits, you weren't even, or a hat, mm-hmm. you know, you just weren't taken seriously. We've got so much more freedom now to do right. what we want, which is mm-hmm. brilliant. And it is, if I can give listeners one last bit of advice sure. to really think about this and to package your brand, mm-hmm. think about the three R's of personal branding. Okay. Recognition, which is what we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. How can you be recognized and, mm-hmm. and memorable? Um, reputation, which mm-hmm. is your one thing that you're awesome at, that everybody right. says, look, you need to get that because mm-hmm. that's what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that you present or, or your, your reputation in the marketplace, what people say about you mm-hmm. through the work that you do, the blogs that you write, the mm-hmm. way that you present yourself and so on. And the last one's respect. And mm-hmm. really, what's the th- reason that you want to be respected? Why mm-hmm. do you want to be respected for that? What it, what's the number one thing that you want to be respected as being the best mm-hmm. at? Um, and what are you going to do to get that respect? Mm-hmm. How are you going to position yourself and your brand? Is it about positioning yourself online, mm-hmm. doing a certain type of um, Facebook Live video? Is it having your own podcast? Is it writing a book or winning an award? What's going to earn you that respect? The number one thing, way that you can earn respect is by choosing your niche, choosing what is it that you want to be well-known, well-paid and wanted for. Mm-hmm. Uh, because as you say, um, and we did this a bit earlier, Deb, the the People who don't get that respect, the people who don't earn for being the go-to specialist mm-hmm. are the ones who are trying to be everything to everyone. Right. And there's a saying in New Zealand, you can't help every Mary in the dairy. It's impossible to help everybody. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so you're better off to go, this is what I'm really awesome at. I'm going to stick to my lane. I'm going to just be awesome at that. I'm going to put all of my effort into doing that. Get rid of the FOMO. Get mm-hmm. rid of the I'm missing out on stuff. You're mm-hmm. really not. And it's funny, Deb, it's probably happened to you in your life. When you shut a few of those doors mm-hmm. and go, I'm actually not going to get distracted by that bright, shiny object. I these other massive opportunities right. open up that you would mm-hmm. never even seen before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I had an email from somebody just earlier this week that asked if I was still doing crisis management planning, something I used to do. And, and, you know, and so my first thought was, oh, you don't want to turn them down. And so I said, well, tell me more because it actually is still a service that, that we list. And, and it was so, you know, it, it ended up, you know, he was, he was in Denver and I'm here in Atlanta and he needed a person in Denver. And, you know, and, and so I, you know, very politely said, obviously this isn't going to work, but here's who I need you to, to, to call, you know, here's who I highly recommend. Um, yeah. And then, you know, that's the other thing. And we've talked about it on other programs that, you know, it's, it's perfectly acceptable to refer to someone else. Um, yeah. and, you know, and, and, and when we have our niche so tight that we know exactly what we're doing and exactly what we are good at, 
then it's okay to send business elsewhere and make everybody happy rather than, yeah. oh, you know, I can do that kind of sort of maybe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's called being inch wide, mile deep and really being the go-to person. And right. what I love about what you said, Deb, is you can earn an awesome reputation mm -hmm. because you've said no mm -hmm. by referring them to somebody right. else who's awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. Because that'll come back to you tenfold. And that's back to that second hour of, of the three hours of personal branding, your reputation in the marketplace. Right. Mm -hmm. If you can build those affiliations with other people, yes, I could help you build your website if you want me to, but I'm not going to do it because that's not my area of expertise. Mm -hmm. I've got two or three awesome web designers yep. that I refer my clients to, that I work with all the time. I've got awesome copywriters. I've got an IP lawyer who's awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, all these different people I've associated myself with and it's branding by association. If mm -hmm. you can associate yourself with really awesome experts in their field that you know right. and like and trust as well, it just builds up your brand as well. You become this elite specialist who knows other elite specialists and you all right. raise each other's brands mm -hmm. up together. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, there, there's a, a saying that you are the five people, you're kind of the conglomerate of five people that you spend the most time with. Well, mm -hmm. if you're spending your time with experts, with professionals, with, you know, whatever it is, that, that rubs off. Um, you know, one of the things when I am training people about social media, I tell them, you know, it, it's, it's Facebook, you know, Instagram, you know, whatever it is, we turn into high school kids. And mm. if you're hanging out with the bad kids, then, you know, and, and maybe it's the people who swear, maybe it's the people who are posting pictures about drinking, um, you know, whatever it is, then mm. the immediate assumption is that's you. So if yeah. you're hanging out with people who are great in their fields, who are very professional, you know, all these various things, then the assumption is, well, you know, you must be that way too. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's um, very fortunate that when we were growing up and doing those mad things as teenagers and drinking and so on, there was, there was no, no Facebook available. <laughs> don't you think that's awesome, Deb, that we just, okay. don't have to deal with that? <laughs> you know, there is no record of what we did. <laughs> Thank goodness. And pretty soon we'll be at the point where we won't remember it anyway. So no, exactly. <laughs> Never happened. Right, right, right. Well, oh my gosh, Lauren, we are almost at the top of the hour and you know, we've just scratched the surface on this. So definitely have to have you on again. But how do people find you and, and work with you and connect with you? Well, of course, being a personal branding specialist, you can just type my name into Google and I just am all over it. Mm -hmm. um, you're welcome to visit the Ultimate Business Propellers page. There's okay. lots of stuff on there. There's programs and, of course, my book that you can download mm -hmm. from there. Um, but probably the easiest way and one of the best ways to get in touch with me or to, to, to do a bit more, find out a bit more, we've got a really, really awesome Facebook group called mm -hmm. Rocket Launch Your Business. Right. Um, there's a couple of hundred on, on sorry, there's more than that. There's a couple of thousand mm -hmm. um, on entrepreneurs from all around the globe, all mm -hmm. communicating in there and collaborating. We put brand building opportunities in there where we've got call outs for experts in the mm -hmm. media to be a podcast guest, to go and speak. Um, and we have all sorts of other things in that group, free trainings and so on, Great. really with some gurus. So if you want to join Rocket Launch Your Business on Facebook, then just go and ask for access to that group and you can start collaborating with people there and, um, and really get started on getting your business and your brand out there. Perfect. Yeah, I just joined the group today, so I haven't really had a chance to even explore it much, but I'm, I'm looking forward to that. It's a really fun group. There's so much interaction, which is awesome. Well, and yeah, I mean, you know, there's a lot of groups that I belong to that it's crickets, you know, and, and, <laughs> and so it's like, you know, I'm, I'm my stuff. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, you know, looking forward to being part of a, a group that's very active. Yeah, cool. That's pretty cool. What I love about it is um, when people get an opportunity to be a podcast guest or write a blog, mm -hmm. um, they share a link in that group. So we oh. can we can share in their success, which is brilliant. We get Perfect. to celebrate with them. Mm -hmm. We get to share. If we think it's an awesome mm -hmm. article, you can share it on your own Facebook page. So it's really helping and supporting each other. But really, life in business isn't easy. It's hard, right. especially if you're a sole trader mm -hmm. or a micro business mm -hmm. or you're a mum at home with kids trying to run mm -hmm. a business or a dad trying to juggle everything. Mm -hmm. Um, so having a support, a network where you can go to and say, hey, I just need help with this. Mm -hmm. It's awesome for that. It's just right. such a great group. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, Lauren, what would you like to leave our listeners and our viewers with? Um, as always, that you have the most amazing gifts and talents that the world needs. And if you're not sharing it, if you're not getting yourself out there, maybe it's because you're not sure if you've got the qualifications or I need to prove myself or fear or doubt. 
just really, you need to get over yourself. You right. need to get it into the world. You, you are declining people the opportunity to work with you and to really evolve themselves. Um, get your business out there. Don't be afraid to stand out as a personal brand because you do deserve to be well-known, well-paid and wanted. And you do need to impact and influence as many people on this planet um, with your specialist expertise because it will fulfill you. It'll make you mm-hmm. feel awesome that you are just helping other people because you love it. And by the way, I'm getting, I'm earning quite nicely for it, which is just, that's it's just a little perk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I love it. Well, you know, for everyone, please be sure to check out Lauren's book. Hold it up again since I don't have my version. <laughs> <Keep going. laughs> you know, make sure that you go to, to Amazon. You know, there's a variety of formats there, so so make sure that you check that out. I have been having an absolutely wonderful time talking with Lauren Clement, and until next time, everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.